Hi, I'm Kristen. Thanks so much for tuning in to this third and final installment of the Titanic Minipod series. Also, to anyone who's listened or subscribed or shared the podcast, so awesome. And your support means everything to me. So thank you. Thank you again. I'm excited to get into today's pod, and then we'll get into some new topics next week. This research has been fascinating, but I'm ready for some new topics. And then after that, we'll get to an astrological take on what the hell is happening with the ocean. Every day seems to bring a new and bizarre headline associated with the sea. And boy, astrologically, it makes sense. Do not with our oceans. They are clearly fucking pissed. There's been an unusual number of stories involving ocean-related events, especially in the past couple of weeks. It looks like the orcas are staging a coup, so... Just keep our eyes out. I believe the ocean's seeming rebellion has a lot to do with Saturn in Pisces, who seems to be bringing a reckoning from the sea god, Neptune. So I mentioned last time that Neptune feels like the song Hotel California energy, and it does, but even more so, to better explain it, it feels like the realm that music takes you to in general. Like we're kind of porous when it comes to music and when we're in the music realm and we can absorb feelings and ideas through lyrics or the rhythm or whatever and attitudes that are not our own. So we can almost become like characters channeling the music. That's Neptune. The song may not even apply to you in any way, but songs have a certain power over us and a power over the way we look at things. So if you're listening to more angsty music or bubblegum pop, it could be a good mirror for where you're at in life and what you're reflecting back. So on episode two, we talked about how James Cameron saw, quote, eerie similarities between the two Titanic-related disasters. Apart from the obvious and haunting similarity in the names of the vessel, he cites that both captains were way overconfident, recklessly cut corners, and disobeyed several warnings in pursuit of making history. And at the same wreckage site, no less. So last episode, we talked about the astrology of the night the Titanic sank. Just to quickly recap, the moon was in Pisces in a trine with Cancer and Neptune and Scorpio on the ascendant. This is so much water. This is all the water. All three water signs in a triangle. As we know, Neptune rules Pisces, and they're in mutual reception because Neptune, on this night, is in Cancer. This is Neptune essentially raging and reminding the Titanic deities to come correct. We're also dealing with a few squaring planets in this case. We know when planets are squared, those two planets are 90 degrees apart from each other, squaring off in the cosmic boxing ring. And in the same mode, meaning cardinal, fixed, or mutable. And we'll get into all of that very soon. A square always suggests tension. And if we're to take a more negative slant, the potential for conflict between these two planets. The two planets squaring one another. I wanted to give a quick shout out to astrologer Lori on TikTok, who touched on some of the same placements we did when talking about the Titanic. And she made... Really excellent points that I wanted to add to our earlier Titanic chart reading. With the Titanic on April 14th to 15th, we have the Sun and Mercury and the Aries North Nodes, which are essentially the Nodes of Fate, 
all in late degrees of Aries, making pretty harsh aspects with Neptune. So it's basically all these signs against the ocean. When interpreting the chart, it shows a big historical event potentially connected to the ocean. Also, on the night of the sinking, keep in mind that Mercury is retrograde. Venus and the moon were both in the third house that night, which is also ruled by Mercury, and that's the Gemini-flavored house. I know that the planets and the houses and the aspects can get confusing, and I don't want to lose you. So let's do a little breakdown and help us to orient ourselves. Like the planets in the zodiac wheel, the houses are also sequential. So think of that wheel divided into 12 pieces or houses. And we'll start at the 945 position and go counterclockwise. That's where the first house begins. So the first house on the zodiac wheel is Aries flavored. And that's because Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. The second house is Taurus flavored because it's the second sign. And third house, as I mentioned, is Gemini flavored. That's the one we're talking about with regards to Venus and the moon that night. So what comes next? Cancer. Fourth house is cancer flavored and so on. Okay, so we're talking about the third house, which is the house ruled by Mercury. And remember, Mercury is the messenger god, rules Gemini and Virgo. The planet Mercury also rules travel, communications, technology. That's why we all get annoyed when our travel plans get fucked up or our electronics break during Mercury retrograde. So to put this all together, when Mercury is retrograde, which we know it was on the night of the sinking, Venus and the moon were in Mercury-ruled third house in the sign of Pisces. That's where the ocean part comes in. So this essentially translates to the likelihood of a maritime incident or mishap since it's basically what Mercury retrograde looks like on the ocean. Well, how does that show up in the chart of a person versus an event? So a person with a third house, Mercury ruled, Pisces moon, may be vague in their communication, that's the Mercury part, and they would likely have a wild imagination with a great ability to write, communicate, philosophize. Also, a third house Pisces moon is also likely to be intensely attracted to water. That's the Pisces. So we'll see a lot of people in marine-related careers with this placement. You know, whether it's a marine biologist or a surfer. So let's fast forward 111 years to the Titan implosion that occurred on June 18th, 2023, around 9.30 a.m. local time. With the Titan, we're dealing with an Aries captain, Stockton Rush. We talked about how Aries have a strong pioneering spirit, but can also make foolish decisions. This is why they're associated with the Fool card in the tarot. So they sort of live life on the edge or leap without a net. At their best, they can put their mind and achieve anything. And at their worst, they see no risks anywhere. So CEO of Ocean Gate and captain of the Titan sub, Stockton Rush was born March 31st, 1962 in San Francisco. He was a quintessential Aries in that he thrived on adventure and he was believed to be the world's youngest jet transport rated pilot. FYI, according to the FAA website, that's the highest certification issued by them. And we know 
Stockton initially wanted to travel to Mars. Instead, he took his explorations to the deep sea. His revolutionary spirit can be traced all the way back to two men who signed the Declaration of Independence, Richard Stockton and Benjamin Rush, hence his name, Stockton Rush. To add to the bizarre coincidences, Ida and Isidore Strauss, who are the owners of Macy's department store, who died on the Titanic, they are the great-great-grandparents of his wife, Wendy Weil. And if you think back to the Titanic, the movie, they're that old couple that's like preparing in bed to die with one another. So sad. Oh, and to make things even more bizarre, the actor who played Isidore Strauss, Lou Palter, died this week. So back to Stockton. He had an Aries adventuring and sometimes impractical son on the focal point of an egocentric yod in conjunct Pluto sextile Neptune. I know that sounds like an alien language, so let's break it down in a way we can easily visualize and understand what we're looking at. So a yod, that's Y-O-D, is an astrological aspect that has two quincux, which is 150 degrees, and one sextile, 60 degrees, forming like a very narrow triangle. So, so picture like a very narrow, a weirdly narrow Christmas tree. <laughs> I'll link pictures in the show notes so that could help visualize. So a yod in astrology is referred to as the quote finger of God because this is incredibly karmic. So having a yod in your birth chart can denote major karmic events, incidents, accidents, relationships, all things that are out of our control. And these circumstances usually come as an opportunity and eventually turn out to be a blessing or a curse. In this case, it appears to be the latter. To be clear, I'm in no way speaking ill of the dead. I'm translating what these unique placements can look like. So Stockton Rush has his son as a focal point in that yod. The astrologer Bill Tierney describes this kind of placement belonging to someone who's inclined to possess a quote, abuse of power, will, and authority. He also has a couple of sets of opposing planets, meaning two planets that are directly opposite one another in that wheel, 180 degrees apart. So basically just think of when somebody says they did a 180. That's what I'm talking about. Polar opposites. So when two planets oppose each other, they're literally opponents. So in this case, Stockton Rush's Pluto opposes his Jupiter and Pluto opposes his Mars. So what the hell does that mean? Well, first, let's look at Pluto. Pluto rules the underworld, all things under the surface, death, rebirth, wealth. That's where we get the term plutocracy from. And it's opposing, fighting with Jupiter, the planet of luck, expansion, good fortune. And this can manifest as a rules don't apply to me, Pluto, opposing lucky Jupiter, and a do or die determined Pluto, arguing with Mars, the planet of aggression. So basically, it's like just getting chaotic. (laughs) 
And here we see how audacious courage can turn into hubris, then devolve into delusions and end in disaster. We came out of the new moon in Gemini right before the Titan implosion. And the moon was squaring, having an argument, with Neptune, the sea, in Pisces, the sea. So already the sea is really pissed, and that's not the half of it. So let's look into a transit that's been affecting all of us since March. In March, Saturn, the disciplined daddy of the zodiac, the planet of structure and karma, went into Pisces. Saturn takes 29 and a half years to move through the entire chart. That's why your Saturn return shows up when you're around 29, 29 and a half and wreaks it's cruel to be kind havoc on you. Shout out to the Astro Twins. They asked a good question. They asked, so what does it look like when the planet of visibility appears in the zodiac sign of invisibility? So the last time was from 1993 to 1996. So if you were alive then and can think back to that time in culture, we may see some repeating patterns. For me, what comes to mind is Free Willy era, released in theaters in July 1993. The killer whales had a serious moment for a few years. And now they're back and they're after us, so... Let's tap into those wise ancient Greeks for a moment to help us better understand the mythology of astrology. So Saturn, known as Kronos, is a ruler of chronological time. Shape-shifting Pisces, on the other hand, operates in a flow state known as Kairos, meaning an opportune moment or the perfect time to strike. So this is in direct contrast to Kronos, which is all about sequential time. So this sort of malleable energy can bend time and space, and we really do see how this idea of, quote, time travel manifests in the real world with the Titan's journey down to the Titanic. Also, I shit you not, in astronomy, Titan is Saturn's largest moon. Okay, so this Saturn in Pisces, to me, astrologically, seems to explain the unusual number of ocean-related headlines and why there's been an increasing number of fatalities involving ships and other maritime vessels. So to date, we're halfway through 2023. There have been over 2,000 migrants who have died attempting to cross the Mediterranean into Europe this year alone. Just a couple of days before Saturn went retrograde and before the Titan imploded, Hundreds of asylum seekers drowned off the coast of Greece. The migrants were mostly Pakistanis, Syrians, Palestinians, and Egyptians. They left Libya on what their families thought was a, quote, VIP boat headed for Italy where they believed a better life awaited them. Five days later, the Adriana, which was not a VIP boat and was actually a dangerously overcrowded fishing trawler, got stranded in deep waters off of Greece. So on June 14th, in the middle of the night, overloaded, it capsized and sank with as many as 750 men, women, and children on board. Only 104 have been found alive. It's literally one of the worst shipwrecks in the Mediterranean's history. And unfortunately, it does show up in astrological charts. A few other things are happening astrologically around these events. 
Mars is making an approaching square to Uranus. So picture two boxers in a ring bouncing before one beats the shit out of the other. And in astrology, this manifests as an accident, shocking event, something like an implosion or explosion, basically a catastrophe. So in both Titan's charts and Titanic's charts, we see that Uranus, that plot twist energy, plays a big and shocking role. So not only is Mars arguing with Uranus, Venus is arguing with Jupiter. And that's symbolic of shocking events involving wealth or economies. And we see this in both stories, the Titan implosion and the sinking of the migrant ship in Greece. It's wealth on both ends of the spectrum. One was dealing with billionaires and the other with extreme poverty and desperation. One story got a lot more coverage and it probably has to do with the sex appeal of it, sadly. So as of this week, the Titan submersible has been recovered along with what may be human remains and return to land. Hopefully this brings some closure to the families and they can start to heal. Also, the moon is in Scorpio. Quite a literal return from the depths, death, and all. So I hope that made sense. And as always, reach out if you want to talk more about this stuff. I truly love it and hope you're learning as much as I am through this process. So until next time, thanks.